So we are uh, beginning a series on prayer. It started last week. We we're talking about the different types of prayer. There are several different types of prayer uh, and different points that we want to make and look at that the Bible talks about prayer. And so we are going to begin, and this is our second week, we're going to talk about petitions, petitions through prayer. Uh, that means asking God for what you want, asking God for things you need in your life. And that's one of the things that God says, uh, ask for those things. So we're going to start in Philippians chapter number four, as we go through a few different verses about prayer. and We learn about uh, what is said, what God says about prayer. Philippians chapter four, verse number six, we begin with chapter four. Philippians verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, to begin this, the big thing that God says prayer can give you, it helps you not to be anxious. And that is one of those things in this world, the world is full of people that are filled with anxiety. They cannot stop thinking about something or lots of things or everything. Things will take them and literally turn those people inside out so they can't sleep and they can't eat and, or they eat too much or they sleep too much or whatever it is. They struggle with anxiety. All right. Anxiety is one of those things. Or in other words, another word for it is just worry. Worry. And. What Paul is saying here, he's saying that if you ask God, you can learn to have the peace that comes from God. A peace which passes all understanding. Something you can't understand. Something that doesn't make sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that your situation changes but your trust in God increases. I think raising children is one of those great lessons in the human race, right? God gives you lots of lessons. Uh, you have children, and he doesn't give you one lesson or two lessons. He gives you a lifetime of lessons, full, full of it, right? And when that first time that first little baby comes out, and you hold that first little tiny baby, and you say, this baby is so tiny, your, your nature is to protect it. And that's good, to love it, to control its environment. You're going to have the colors of the nursery be just so, and you're going to have the crib be just so, and you're going to feed it, and you're going to change its diaper more times than you ever imagined, right? Uh, you're going to do everything in your power to create stability for that little tiny being. And then somewhere along in life, somewhere along the line, 
you will get to a point where you realize this whole thing is well beyond your control. Now that might be when they're very young. You might have a screamer. You might have one of those colicky babies. You get to the end of your patience in about two seconds with those things. Up all night, up all day. Don't worry, they can beat you out without a problem, those children. They can always beat you. Everybody has a different time that they come to it. With our oldest, it was one of those things where when Natalia started having seizures, you start realizing the doctors don't know anything. They can give you this and tell you that, and they can test and test and test and test. And in the end, they have no reason why. They really don't. And so you come to a point where you realize, I can't control this. This is totally out of my jurisdiction as a parent. This is beyond my human experience. I thought I could protect the environment and hold that child and keep them. Somewhere along the line, I can't do it anymore. That's one of the great things about lessons of being a parent, and, and there's lots more lessons in life there. They bring you to the point where you realize, I have no power. I have no power to change this. I have no power to influence my state of being my, for my child, for myself a lot of times. And when you come down to that, then you have to look to God. Right? You look somewhere else for that power because it's beyond you. So if you learn to look to God and you learn to start handing those things over, that's why Paul can say, be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Do not let anxiety consume you and your thoughts. He says, in everything in prayer, that means give it to God. Talk to him about it. Are you frustrated? Are you nervous? Are you scared to death about what's happening? Do you have no idea what's coming? Talk to God. That's what he wants you to do. Have this conversation with God and tell him those things. I'm frustrated. I'm scared. I don't know what to do next. I don't like losing control. I don't, whatever it is. Say, God, I need your help. And if you can give those things over, be thankful for the things you do have, make your requests known to him. God, I'd love you to do this. And sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Right? Sometimes he says you've got something you've got to learn first. Or sometimes a combination of all of those things. Right? And then he gives you the ability to no longer worry about it. And that is supernatural. That is not a natural thing. Your nature is to be anxious and to worry and to try to control it and try to hold it all together, try to make it work, and then when you finally realize, I can't do this, it's only God, that's where you're in a better spot. And he says, now I'm going to give you peace, and you don't even know why. Just know that I'm there and I've got this. I can control this. I can handle this, even if you can't. 
Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Right? So that's where you would go. And that's the first part of saying, let your requests be made known. Make them known to God. If you don't ask for your requests to be made known to God, then you're not talking to him. And that's where the peace comes from, is the conversations with God. If you don't let them be known first, then don't expect you're going to get them. Don't expect he's going to work in your life. Don't expect he's going to do those things to bring you peace. Okay? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 6. As Jesus himself talks about prayer and what it is to pray, how we should pray, and the things behind when we ask for a petition and we say, God, I would like this, how do we do it? Matthew chapter 6, verse number 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which is in, seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they that think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. People often ask, why do I have to pray? God already knows I need this, right? He already knows, right? God knows my needs. So why do I pray? Well, I'm not praying for God to understand. I'm praying so that I can begin to understand. So that God begins to give me the things that I need in my life to understand my situation and God and the way he looks at things. You need God's perspective on things. God already knows. He knows what you need to eat. He knows what you need, uh, that you need a place to stay. He knows all the things he made you. He knows everything that will bring you peace. He already knows that. But he needs you to know that he's there. And so we approach God, and when we approach God and ask him for those things, he says, don't just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Sometimes, he calls it vain repetition. What Jesus was talking about was kind of a chant, where you say the same thing, the words again and again and again and again and again, and try to, by your repetition, like break through into heaven. It's not the chanting part that will get you to change. That's kind of mindless. That's not the way that God says. Now God does say, stick to it. And sometimes those prayers will take a week, a month, a year, a decade, maybe a lifetime, that you pray for something before he answers. Okay? It doesn't mean you stop seasons of prayer go on for a while and what's happening is that you're beginning to understand a little bit more about God and maybe a little more about yourself and God uses those moments to speak to us 
really, oftentimes, some of the most interesting words that I would say that have come from the Holy Spirit to me in understanding have come in the middle of prayer or in singing or something where I'm focusing on God and he, he impresses a word upon me or impresses a, a, a sentence or a phrase in my mind that I never thought before, but it applies direct to something in my heart. And it wouldn't really mean the same thing to anybody else. And the Spirit does that and speaks to you directly by contact with Him. So He wants you to contact Him consistently. He wants you to keep going. And the interesting thing is about prayer is we're humans. We need a place. We need a place. You walk into church... And you walk up to your pew and someone's sitting there. And you stand there and you look at him like, I'm not going to say anything, but don't you know I sit there? <laughs> right? We're humans. We like patterns, right? They work good for us oftentimes. We like to do things consistently. Our bodies respond to those things. Right? If you are a person that gets up every single morning, early, early in the morning, and you try to sleep in on a day off, you get up, you feel awful, terrible. Head hurts, back hurts, and every part of you hurts because your body said, nah, that's not what you're supposed to do. I'm used to this. All right? So just the same way, God says, pick a spot for prayer. And he says, go into your closet. Don't do this out in public to make a big show of it all. He says, pick a spot that's a quiet little spot. I don't care if that's inside or outside. If it's a corner of your room, it's a little chair that you sit in. It's a porch. It's a park you go to. It's in your car. It makes no difference where it is. But if you have a place that you regularly go and pray, when you sit down in that place or kneel down in that place, or where, whatever it is that you do, that habit, that human ability to like the things that we did before a thousand times, when you kneel down at that place, or you sit in that chair, go to that corner, your mind is already there partially. You need it. There was a lady called Susanna Wesley, and she raised, I think she raised 17 children, Two of them were John and Charles Wesley, uh, which started Methodism and wrote, uh, I think, a thousand hymns, many of them which are in your hymn book. Right? Seventeen children, right? You just have to say that a few times over before it sinks in. And you realize there is no place for you to go. She had an apron. She threw it over her head. Nobody bothered me. When I've got my apron over my head, leave me alone. Right? <laughs> if you have 17 children, they never leave you alone, right? But that was her place to get away when there was no place, right? I'm guessing you have a place somewhere. Create a place. Make that a place where you talk to God. It's you and him. And when you go there, you're already halfway there in your, in your mind. Your body says, I think we should be doing this. Here. I'm okay. I'm doing it here. So pick that place, and when you go in there, 
Give your heart out to God. Tell Him the things that you're frustrated with and tell Him the things that you're thankful for and tell Him the things that you need and talk about those things to Him. He wants to hear from you. That's, that's what He wants. Verse number 11 in that same chapter of Matthew 6 tells us simply this, and this is where we get to the petition, 6.11 of Matthew, give us this day our daily bread. God says, ask for your needs. Ask for your needs. And I think part of the reason that we need to ask for the things that we need regularly is because it helps us to understand God has given them to us all the time. He gives it to us every day. There's not too many of us in our lives who have missed too many meals. Not too many of us that sit here. When you go and you reach out, you look for answers from God and you say, I need this. Because God knows you need it. God knows exactly what you need. Here's the one thing that you're always looking for. You say, I got to have this and I need it. And God knows that. But sometimes God's answers aren't exactly what you ask for. Sometimes they are exactly what you need. And I have had times where I prayed where I did not have a lot. I was in a situation where I did not have a lot. And I saw no way for my money to stretch to the place where I needed to cover my needs. My natural need was, hold on, man. Hold on tight. And God's answer was, give it up. That was God's answer to me. But God, I need, see, I have this need, and I'm asking you about this, and you, apparently you don't understand this, right? Because I need this, and I have money here, and I might be able to cover a part of it. And God says, give that to me, and let me take care of the rest. So you, you learn a little bit of trust, and it's tough to go and, and give it away at that moment when you say, but I could fill part of that need. And God says, I can fill all the need and more. And I will tell you, one time I was particularly challenged to do that, and we weren't even talking a lot of money. But when I did that, God gave back to me three or four times amount through the things that I needed than I ever could have bought with that money I was going to hold on to. God knows exactly what you need. He says, but ask. It's the interchange with God that helps you to grow. That's the important part, is the interchange. So the interesting thing also about prayer comes about with people. We are very sneaky people. All of us, right? We say we want something, but in the end, we end up being sneaky and one time I was invited with my wife to come over to dinner. And I just thought maybe that this person just wanted to be nice to me. And uh, my wife said, nah, they've got a motive behind this. 
I said, nah, that can't be. Right? We're just going over to dinner and everything, and we're just going to... It can't be. I mean, why would we do that? Why would they have some sort of motive? Well, sure enough, my wife was right, because after they fed me, apparently it was bad enough where they thought they had to feed me before they asked me a question. And then after they asked me that question, uh, they dropped the bomb and told me the things that they wanted me to do and wanted me to change and so on and so forth. People have motives behind things. We all do at times. We all have motives behind what we're doing. Motives are oftentimes driving us, and I write the word sneaky up there because they're so sneaky we don't even see them ourselves. It's hard for us to see that. James talks about these, and we're going to turn to the book of James as we see what James chapter 4 We see, as James talks about, the motives behind what we're doing. And he talks about prayer and our motives. Okay? James chapter 4, verse number 2 and 3. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, and yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. See, inside of every one of us is a battle. A sneaky battle. It's always going on. And oftentimes we see things and we react to things and we don't even know why we're doing them. Sometimes we do them just so that we can be heard. Or sometimes we do them and we say, oh, I'm going to be very, very spiritual and I'm going to ask for this. But really, we want it for a whole other reason. We're sneaky about those things. We have a battle going on inside of us all the time. And the battle is not only our flesh against our spirit, but it is also other forces. It talks about in the Bible that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Always we sometimes are wrestling with those dark spirits out there, the ones who would not listen to God, the ones who have walked away from God, and they pull us, and they pull us, and they pull us, right? We have a battle in our lives, and it is up to us to reach out to God to help us to see what that battle is. What are we struggling with? Sometimes it's plain we don't ask. First, ask, right? Just ask. That's first. Make sure, he says, sometimes you don't have because you never asked for it. It's as simple as that. Just ask the Lord, and he will bring it to you. But sometimes underneath is that other motive. And that other motive is something, and you say, it says it in the old English there, it says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. In other words, I want what I want, 
and I'm going to pray so that God gives me what I want. Now, there's a very subtle change. God says he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Right? But just taking things because I want them or going to God and say, help me understand and give me the things that you want me to have. That's a subtle change. A very subtle change. Oftentimes, you may see this where you heard the thing, the heart wants what it wants. Sometimes you hear young folks saying, uh, I'm going to pray that I'm going to marry that guy or I'm going to marry that girl. And I want to marry that guy or marry that girl. And that's the perfect one for me. And God might know way better than you. In fact, he does know way better than you. We get stuck in our thoughts and we think that's what I want. And if you loved me, you'd give me what I want. That's not a true statement. God gives us what is best for us. He desires great things for us. He created us. He gives us those desires deep in our heart, deep in our life. But if I want it just because I want it, to consume it on my lusts, which is what James says, then watch out because my motive might not be right about asking. So what needs to happen? Keep praying. And God can help reveal your motive to you. Because probably the whole rest of the world can see your motive. But just not you. Because it's so sneaky. Deep underneath there. It's very sneaky. That motive is what we need to be careful of. And James talks a little bit more about it. How, what's the most important thing? Let's go back as our last verse. James chapter 1, verse number 5. Because this is really what we need. God will give us the daily things and he will give us daily bread and we need to ask him and we need to build our relationship and we need to do those things and we need to watch our motive. But in the end, this is the best approach. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given to him. How about we ask God first what he wants for us? That's really where we begin to have a relationship. God, I, I, I know what I want, and it could be as simple as this. I know what I want, but it may not be the best thing for me. Give me wisdom to discern the right thing. Help me to understand what I need to do. I have hired a couple people. I've had a lot of opportunity over my career to hire different people into different positions. And there have been a few that I just did not want to be told that I couldn't hire that person by whomever up the chain. And I, it was one of those pretty sneaky things uh, for myself. It was hard for me to see that I just wanted it because I didn't want to be told what to do. And so I hired that person because I was going to hire them. 
And I prayed about it. God, help me to get this one. Help me to do this and help me to do that. And I did. And I hired it. That person in particular, I was thinking of one. And it took me two years to get rid of that person. He was the biggest pain in the neck I ever had. But I didn't want to listen. I just wanted what I wanted. But if I had asked for wisdom from God, and I've learned this lesson a little bit more before I even set foot into an interview, I do enough of them where I have to pray. Just shut the doors which you don't want, because I know what the pain is on the other side. If it's the wrong person, I don't want that person there. I want the right person, and only you know that. Only you know their situation and a year down the road and five years down the road and their circumstances and all the things that work out. And you just have to, that's where you just say, I'm going to go through and do these things and just trust that God will take care of it. I need wisdom to hear what I'm supposed to hear and ignore what I'm supposed to ignore. And you just open the door for me, God, because I can't do this alone. And that's where you take and give that control back over to God and say, just, just let it happen. God, you take care of this. I will work and do my best to listen and, and be wise. You've got to give me wisdom because I can't do it on my own. And if you ask for wisdom, he says, not only does he give it to you, but he gives it to you liberally. I'm gonna, I want you to be wise in your life. I want you to seek after me. And then I'll probably give you other things too. Like he did with Solomon. Solomon asked for wisdom. He said, I'll give you wisdom, and I'll give you riches, and I'll give you all these things. Because that's, a, that's the right thing to ask for. Wisdom. And so, if we ask for God to give us wisdom, we ask for help, daily help. We need wisdom every day as much as we need bread every day. Probably more. And so we ask for those things. We give petition. God, I need something from you. And there are many things that we need from God. God wants you to ask. And I know things here at this church people have prayed for for many years. I know people that 30 years ago were praying for us to get more property. And everybody said, I know which property we should get. And God says, no, I'm going to give you that one. And then I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another one. But not the one you think. I know people that prayed very specifically for certain pieces of property. That we should get this and we should do that. And that must be God's will. God says, you don't know my will. Just ask for wisdom and I'll show you what it is. Right? God wants to give you things. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Asking God is a simple back-and-forth conversation. Have it with Him regularly. Work. Seek out His Word and His wisdom. Like we learned this morning, it is the treasure of your life to be able to find what God wants for you and His purpose for you. And then, all those other things, you have peace in places where you never had it before. Just allow Him to give you peace. and Don't live in an anxiety-filled world. There's already enough of it all around. You don't need to be anxious. You let him take care of it. You give it over to him. Trust him. And he, has, he does a good job taking care of us if we let him do it. That's petitions and prayer. Thank you very much. Have a good day.